Do you remember DVDs? Yes, I remember DVDs. One of my favorite things about DVDs, did I say favorite? Wow, very disingenuous of me, is how you would put them in, and instead of starting the movie right away, there would be a very loud sequence of scenes from the movie you're about to watch. So like a trailer, (laughs) but not as good, and also on a loop. Yeah, yeah. So if you didn't start the movie right away, you'd have to just listen to that until everyone made their popcorn and whatnot. Right, and a lot of the time people would be getting snacks and using the bathroom, so the people who were ready for the movie... Because they knew this was happening, would have to sit there and experience this over and over again. And we didn't have smartphones to distract ourselves back then. (laughs) You had to just be in that moment. So one of my favorite parts about DVDs, that time I am being ingenuous. Genuous? Genuous? Genuine? Genuine. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I didn't use them very often, was I really like commentary tracks on DVDs. Actually, one of my favorite commentaries... And you can judge me for this if you want to. It was Jonah, the VeggieTales movie. They did a commentary that was voiced by the characters where they just made up a bunch of nonsense about like how the movie was filmed. So they like made all these jokes about recording it digitally, but actually the whole thing was computer animated. So it was very meta. But I really enjoyed that when I was like probably too old to be watching a VeggieTales movie. But uh, that's a really good yeah. one. Didn't that one have a theatrical release? Yeah, it was probably like the last big good thing that VeggieTales did. Anyway, anyway, here <laughs> so we are. So the commentary. <laughs> uh, Self evaluation. We are talking about the last big good thing that ABC TV has ever done. <laughs> Yes. So this is episode two of Self-Evaluation, and you are getting some real great bonus content about the pilot episode. So last week we recapped it, and this week we are just going to continue talking about it. We're not going to tell you exactly what happens because you already know. Hopefully you've already seen it. Or listened to our episode. This time around, we're just talking about it more. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) I feel like I'm just describing podcasts now. (laughs) So... This is a podcast, and in podcasts, people talk about things, and you listen to them. So, here you go. Hey, listen to me, talk about selfie, cancel by BC in 2014, evaluating selfie, we're still hoping for season two. All right, so what are we going to start with? Okay, I had a really fun, like, snappy way to bring about this topic. I've been thinking about it a lot ever since we first did that first episode on the pilot. And it is, is selfie fair to ladies? (laughs) Worth it, worth it. Is selfie fair to ladies? All right. Thank you. All right, are, are you asking my opinion about that? As the lady. Well, um, I'm going to bring up a few of the reasons that I thought that question was worth asking. And I brought a lot of them up when we were doing our recap. So Eliza, when she's first introduced, is uh, not painted in a very flattering light, mm-hmm. right? She seems to be very uh, vapid and self-absorbed, uh, which I think is worth commenting on in its own right. But also sexually promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's accurate? Because I think it's debatable. Um, I think... I mean, I think that the emphasis is on her being unaware and self-absorbed and vain. I wouldn't say that the emphasis is so much on like her morals or like her life decisions. It's more the fact that people don't like how full of herself she comes across. Okay, so I have some not textual evidence, but 
audio visual evidence but anyway i wrote down some notes okay. so after eliza finds out that she has been involved in a tryst with a married man she, before she vomits the first time she says why does this always happen mm, i did not catch that yeah hmm so this has happened before but she appears to not she doesn't want that yeah Hmm. The, yeah, there's also a moment where she says something like, oh, you find out that your your BF is not your BF or something like that. So it almost more seems like she has a problem with she thinks people are just using her. She thinks that they're like emotionally in a relationship and then she finds out that it's not that. Right. And then Henry, when she's first in his office, Henry is listing all of these qualities about her, about how she is, as mentioned, she's like self-absorbed. She's, you know, always has her face on her phone. I think he says loose sexual morals. Hmm. And she says, have we met? Yeah, like, but in a jokey way. Okay, so you think he said loose sexual morals. And she... She's owning it, kind of? The way she says it sounds like she's owning it, but I don't know. Because here's the thing. I I talked in the first episode about how this is like a time capsule to four years ago, Mm -hmm. 2014. And even more so now, I think there is a more modern perspective on like sexuality and like what being like having a healthy sexuality can look like and so i think that there is an interpretation of this where it's just like why isn't she allowed to live the life that she wants in like in in this specific area i think this is still it's coming from henry's perspective though which i mean we don't really know as much about him yet but like his perspective definitely comes out that like this is something that's only for like a committed relationship and he doesn't take it lightly and he feels like eliza kind of flies in the face of that like oh this is just like recreational like dating is just recreational and she just you know will go with whoever and so i think this is definitely that's henry's perspective coming out in that exchange yeah he's extremely old-fashioned because um have you ever seen this is like one of my all-time favorite shows i watch it every year i think i still need to watch it this year but i have time um don't trust to be in apartment 23 i have not seen it which but i have heard you, you still talk haven't about seen it. it no which is okay i've talked about it a lot is it not on american netflix i mean i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> Sorry. So back when I used to blog, I blogged a little bit about this. Um, how Kristen Ritter, now I guess better known for portraying Jessica Jones, like Marvel's Jessica Jones. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like opposite Daredevil and company. I, I anyway, know what you're fine. talking <laughs> about. I have not seen it. <laughs> but she is someone, she just like, she just has a lot of casual sex and she sleeps around. And it's just viewed within the context of the show as just being like, it's just something that she does. It's not always, like, looked upon fondly, but there is a little bit of, like, uh, maybe, like, normalization to it. And I contrasted that with How I Met Your Mother with Neil Patrick Harris's character, Barney Stinson, and about how he did the same thing and sort of, I guess, the different ways that people are, like, viewing both of these shows. Because, you know, men, women, different standards. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess in this show that doesn't come up as much because kind of the contrast to it is... We don't see, like, a male character in the show who acts the same way. So it seems specific to Eliza. Like, this is an Eliza thing within this show. And, like, and this is an Eliza thing, and she's sort of, like, she's living life underneath sort of, like, an Eliza set of rules. But then Henry comes along, and she sort of has to, like, she isn't forced to because she very openly and willingly like approaches him and says like please fix me do you think at this point the pilot episode one 
Do you think Selfie is a feminist show? Um, that's kind of a tough question. I think I think if you only watched this pilot episode, nothing else, then probably not because it definitely it definitely well I don't know if definitely but it sets Eliza up as not being able to handle life on her own without having a man help her that's sort of what it set up and um, I think the show gets away from that but if you were just watching the pilot you would say like oh here's this woman who like does not know how to do anything basically and then she's gonna meet this guy and he's gonna like clean her up and then she'll be able to you know live a fulfilling life but on her Mm -hmm. own she wouldn't be able to you know so i definitely think that's the message that we're kind of getting so far what do you think so for listeners who don't know the showrunner of this is actually a woman so there was you know in in the creator's chair there was a woman behind the scenes what do you think how would we have tweaked this and again i i agree with you you're definitely right i wouldn't love this show if it had a poor portrayal of women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that things really um, come around. You get like a much fuller perspective of like both Henry and Eliza and other characters. But how how would we have tweaked this maybe to make that more positive? I think you get a hint of it in the episode that like Henry needs help too. He is also like pushing people away a lot. But I think it wasn't it wasn't even you know, it, it definitely set up Eliza is kind of kind of damsel in distress, sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, my life's falling apart, you know, and I need you to come in and save me. And he's like, oh, of course I will, you know. But as the show progresses, I think we see more of that, like back and forth, you know, he's helping her, she's helping him. In this pilot episode, it didn't quite come out. So I, I guess, how would I tweak it? I think that's pretty much it, you know, just bring out a little bit more of Henry's faults from the beginning so that we kind of have that set up for like, oh, this is going to be kind of a back and forth, mm-hmm. really mutually yeah, it, helpful. It's like a mutual. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's another question. I think that a lot of humor and comedy can be dredged from people who are doing poorly, people who have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, flaws and maybe their lives aren't uh, in like a super great place. And since Henry seems to be the one who has it all together, do you think that this episode might also be a little bit lopsided in terms of comedy? Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think too. I mean, we mentioned the first episode, like John Cho, like he had been in funny roles and then he'd been in serious roles and like more people might have known him from Star Trek and weren't thinking of him necessarily as someone who could do comedic acting and you know I've seen a few other things that he's in because I'm a fan and I feel like he is very funny and in this pilot episode I only saw like little glimmers of that like humor so yeah I would agree I feel like because he was kind of playing this like in control very very straight laced yeah straight laced which isn't to say that a straight laced character cannot be funny true in in fact being the straight man I think is a really good source of humor Mm -hmm. but I think I think you have to be, yeah, I I think you need to be uh, flawed a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think too, in later episodes, you see moments where he's like kind of flustered and you're like, oh, okay, like this is more enjoyable than like I'm in control and I'm going to like fix everything. What does this say? Pass to locker? (laughs) Wow, I 100% cannot read my own writing. This is horrendous. Mm, let's see if I could. What, is it, what far, does it look like it says? Maybe I can decipher. Far to lecture? Um, that just looks like nothing to me. Uh, far to lecture? Fair to ladies. That was your fair to ladies joke. Uh, okay, you got it. <laughs> One thing I thought was, I don't know if you realize this, but upon my third rewatch, 
I realized that in Henry's office, he has one wall that looks to be just bookcases. Mm -hmm. And it is wallpaper made to look like bookcases. (laughs) I didn't notice that. Wow. Go back and watch it. It's so obvious once you realize it. And you're like, who ever designed this set was a genius. Do you think like... Is it supposed, like, are we supposed to believe they're books? Or are we supposed to believe he has book wallpaper? I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think that's the best part. Huh. I think that if you, because my first two times I watched it, I just thought they were books. Yeah. I, it took my third time to realize it was wallpaper. And then I was just like, huh, well, I guess it's just book wallpaper. Like, I don't think it matters. I think I think if you believe it's books, that's fine. And if you see and believe that it's wallpaper, that's also fine. Huh. Wow. We could do like a whole episode just about the book wallpaper. Go back and check it out. It's, yes, right. Okay, I, I will. I will. Okay, so speaking of fair to ladies, my fair lady. So in my fair lady, it's similar where in the beginning of the movie, they set it up as like, she's not doing well. Like she needs help. And Henry Higgins in, in my fair lady is going to like save her. Like throughout mm-hmm. the course of the play, you kind of realize she was doing okay and he kind of messed it up by like giving her really? this like false sense of how the world is. So basically he introduced her to all of this like high living and then he's just going to basically drop her and say like, okay, go back to your life before. And she like can't handle that. But then she sort of like rallies and there's actually like literally a whole song about like how she doesn't need him. Like she would do fine on her own. And so I think it's kind of similar where it's like the the premise starts off as that sort of like almost anti-feminist, like you need someone to help you because on your own, you would flounder. And then like there's sort of a process of discovery where like you realize that you are fine. You can do fine on your own. So I guess if we're going back to the pilot episode of Selfie, it does sort of set that up as like a baseline of saying like, this is what Eliza thinks now. And then it gives her somewhere to grow. How do you think, and, and obviously it did not fare well when it premiered and yeah. when it um, eventually ended, and the ratings were very bad, but how do you think the selfie pilot would fare today okay. in the year of our Lord, 2018? Hmm. I just feel like, I mean, maybe I'm thinking too much about this, but I feel like the way we use social media has changed so significantly that like that exact pilot wouldn't land very well. Because I feel like social media has evolved a lot and like you don't see a lot of breakout like internet celebrities like you might have then. Because you don't think, I don't know. I don't, don't know. So? I feel like because actual celeb like actual traditional celebrities are getting on social media more, they're getting more attention than like just regular people who take good pictures. And I don't know, maybe because that's just Vine how I use social media. Anymore. Maybe. <laughs> I don't um, know. I think I'm coming at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. I think that social media has become even more ubiquitous since the premiere of this episode that maybe people would just be like, yeah, Eliza's just living like a normal life. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, I I think, yeah, we don't think about it as much. It's not like, well, I mean, maybe some people do, but it's not something that people are super into or super not into. Like people don't turn on their TVs to be preached to unless they're turning on like i don't know like the daily mass or something in which case okay (laughs) fine that makes sense but so i think that people would be like henry is talking down to me Mm -hmm. so there's that element i think of people feeling personally attacked yeah maybe a little bit i think there's some truth to that you know that this pilot came across as judgy and people either agreed with it 
which would then make them not like the main character. Or they disagree with it, which makes them not like the other main character. So it kind of sets you up for failure because it's like whether you're super into social media, you'll feel judged. If you're not into social media, you're going to feel judgmental and be like, why am I going to invest in this character who I don't understand? So I don't know. I think we've, I feel like we really struck out. I Look, it's not that I didn't think we would have great analysis of this show, but it's weird to, yeah, I think we've really hit upon one of, I think, a handful of reasons that this didn't take off as much as we wish it would have. Yeah. And I guess I didn't, I didn't really think about it as much when I was watching it because I think I got in midway through the season. So like I watched the pilot and went right into episode two because I was watching it online. So I didn't have to like sit with the pilot and be like, hmm, am I going to tune in next week? I was just like, nah, let's see how the next episode is. And so like in that sense, you're like, oh, okay, it got better. But in terms of like actual TV viewership, which is what they're depending on for a show to continue, I can see a lot of people watching that first one and just being like, hmm, not for me. And then that was it. Yeah, if you don't get people with the first episode, that that is it. Mm-hmm. So I guess here's a question. How do you think Selfie would do today if it was released as like a Netflix original? Like a, these 13 episodes just like dropped all at once on Netflix. That's it. How do you think oh, it would do? Oh, very successful. Yeah? Um, yeah. I think definitely you have... There's a difference when it comes to the format of shows that are released in a digital format all at once Mm -hmm. um, like Netflix shows because they know that people are more forgiving if they can start the next episode right away Mm -hmm. and so I think with Selfie you watch the first episode you're like "Uh, not great let me give it one more just to see it and then I think that hook gets in you Mm -hmm. whereas it's it's really tough to be like here's this episode we need this to be so good that in seven days you'll come back yeah which is kind of a big ask. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, my take is six, like 100%, I think it would do well. Yeah, I think so too. I think, and okay, I'm trying to think back to 2014, but I feel like Netflix original shows were not really a thing in 2014. Like, Because I feel like if it was, even if it was on ABC now, I feel like there would have been a better chance of it being picked up by one of those online streaming sites because of like the kind of fan activism sort of at the end. But in 2014, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there was really the infrastructure for that. Like, I I don't feel like people were really doing that very much. I don't think there was the idea that um, Netflix or Hulu or, I don't know, their uh, Amazon Yahoo screen, (laughs) um, (laughs) that there was the possibility that shows could be um, grabbed by these entities. Mm -hmm. Before, it was kind of like, maybe you move from one major network to another major network, Mm -hmm. but not that, like, you could... be sort of like adopted by like an online entity mm-hmm. so um i think that's also significant because now people are like way more specific now they're like netflix like tweeting at netflix like netflix can yeah. you please grab this yeah i mean that was happening like when brooklyn 99 was canceled for like one day everyone was like okay well then hulu is gonna take it or netflix is gonna take it like it can't be over like people didn't even it's believe so it hard could to be believe over. it was only for a single day it was that was a crazy day that was really crazy. It seemed like a week had gone <laughs> Like Emotionally. The, the clamor, <laughs> the fervor was so much that you were just like, yeah, days have passed and uh, the the cries grow ever louder. <laughs> I feel like I just need to like put it out there for the record. When I saw that it like hadn't been renewed, I started tweeting then. I didn't wait until I canceled it. So, But yeah, like um, another example would be uh, Kimmy Schmidt. That was one I'm pretty sure NBC rejected it and it got turned into a Netflix original. Like 
just from the start and they're on three seasons four seasons like we just keep going i haven't watched past the second episode of the second season i don't think it would have done well on network television it works on netflix but that's probably the only place it would work this is going back to a conversation we had before this episode started i think champions should have just been uh like a netflix exclusive yeah or hulu because hulu already had the mini or, project or, yeah, or a hulu like exclusive. just Why pick not? it up as like a Mindy Project reboot, because that's kind of what it was. And just, like, heavily market it as a Mindy Kaling show. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like that was not well done. The only reason I even found out about Champions was because <laughs> Mindy Kaling showed up at an event with BJ Novak, and so I wanted to know if they were dating yet, so I Googled them, and then it was like, Mindy Kaling, new show. And then I was like, that was probably her plan. What She's going to show yet? up. What? They were in a relationship, like, a lot Yeah, but ago. they're like... You got to read her book anyway. They have like a whole thing, but I'm not going to Which book? That. Doesn't she have two books? Um, I think it was Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? One of her books. I've read both of them. Let's She has like a whole chapter about, about him. But anyway, I googled oh, really? them and a that's whole how chapter yes, of BJ Novak? Yes. That's how I found out about her show, so I was on the lookout for it. If I hadn't done any of that, I probably would have completely missed it. And I like her. Like it, it just wasn't very well marketed. Is all I'm trying to say. Let's talk about what selfie could have been. Mm-hmm. But a specific aspect of this um, episode, the pilot. So, like, what can we talk about um, that doesn't actually uh, show up before this show comes to a close? Okay. So, what is kind of set up in the pilot that never really is realized in the 13th or, or Yeah, or it doesn't get fleshed out in an adequate or satisfactory manner. Okay, I think one of the things, and we talked about this a little bit before, but one of the things that stands out to me is when... Eliza meets her neighbor Bryn and her friends. It's sort of set up like this is going to become like a life-changing friendship for her. Like she's going to be invited into this group maybe and they're going to have like great adventures and she's going to become kinder by like association. But within the life of the show as it was, there are random interactions that she has with them, not usually positive, and then it just sort of ends. So I feel like that is one thing that we kind of missed out on is getting to see Eliza form those female friendships because I think the show is so condensed because of being canceled that they just went full speed into like the Henry Eliza thing. And I feel like if the show had been several seasons long, we would have seen a lot more nuance in Eliza's other relationships. But I think I think you, or at least I realize that if Eliza's friendship with Bryn had been more of a central part of the show, it would have been it would have been a wildly different show. True. And like Eliza does have a female friendship in the form of Charbonique, mm-hmm. which we will find out later. Mm-hmm. But that is yeah, it's 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 interesting that you bring that up because I had never thought of a potential within like the world of selfie where her and Bryn became close enough to become like good friends. Mm-hmm. I imagined it like when we were discussing this, I imagined it that Bryn showed up more mm-hmm. and became a character who we saw, uh, who we saw more of, who interacted with her and with Henry and maybe with others, but not that her and Eliza became like like close because I think that would have like severely affected, I guess, the the format of things. Yeah, I I think it would have been really different. Yeah, and maybe Bryn serves more as like the anti Eliza, like she's sort of serves to show Eliza how other people live, kind of. But I still feel like there was potential for, yeah, more meaningful interactions between the two of them. And even just in some situations, I feel like Bryn could have been the person Eliza went to instead of Henry for 
certain oh. things, you know, like kind of kind of like an odd platonic couple yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. I would be curious at what point in the production they realized they were not going to get a season 2 because that would that would influence how the episode is played out because maybe there were some things that we saw in like episode 10 that might have been season 2 episode 1 like in the original plan. I think because what people were invested in was Henry and Eliza, they move forward with that. And I think that maybe other possible asides were left out because they were just like, well, we got to make this go somewhere. But at the same time, I mean, spoiler here, but episode 13 is very abrupt. Yeah. So it seems like they maybe didn't know it was coming. I think it's really funny thinking of Bryn, who is kind of like this hipstery, kind of like maybe vaguely um, manic pixie dream girl e like a little bit um and imagining Bryn as almost like a jessica day type character yeah she's like jessica day but kind of mean like she's not super nice i don't know she, well i think jessica day but like who can like who can fight back okay. because i think that Bryn is mean because she's been treated not very well mm, yeah it's more that she's responding in kind whereas if you're mean to jess She'll just be nice back to you. I feel like, man, this is the second episode we talked about New Girl. This is not good. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I guess Bryn is, she's maybe more grounded. You know, like she has this like sort of fluffy view of the world, but she also understands like that's not how it really is. So yeah, maybe she's had some experiences of maybe even interacting with people like Eliza. Like, because Eliza, like, kind of her backstory is she was bullied by like, the cool girl and so then she kind of became the cool girl and then i feel like Bryn is sort of the person she bullies like not strongly but like huh. she kind of casts judgment on her lifestyle as like not being as good okay so this is very abrupt okay but it is the kind of creative exercise that i have uh embarked on uh in my other podcast since we're talking about Bryn and her friends come up with the makings of an episode premise in which Bryn plays a larger or more significant part. Uh, well, this is kind of using one of the actual episodes. Is that allowed? No. Mine, mine's very obvious, so I can go with it. And then maybe I'll come up with a better one while I'm talking about it. Okay, so I mean, I guess it would involve their apartment because they live in the same apartment complex. So I guess something going wrong in the apartment that like oh. everyone has to get together and like go to the landlord about it or something like that like this is a problem and you're not fixing it and we're going to kind of like band together to fix whatever this problem is i guess that would be a natural situation where like they would have to work together because they're joined that is really interesting because i think it requires you to be acquainted with many more of um eliza's neighbors yeah so this yeah this is the kind of thing that like if it was season two i feel like we'd slowly be introduced to other people who live around there. And it wouldn't just be like, all of a sudden, like, other people live here. Mine is uh, what some would call uh, lazy. Okay. Um, But it is also, like, it's a logical inversion, Mm -hmm. which is that um, Bryn maybe gets attracted to someone who is more, uh, you know, they're, like, stereotypically attractive and kind of, like, into a different scene. Mm -hmm. And so she asks Eliza to give her a makeover Uh to to return the favor from the first season. Yeah. So there's, like, a little bit of a callback. You could sort of of do, like, what I always enjoy, previously on (laughs) Selfie. Um, I love love flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, and, And just, I think it'd be really interesting to see 
especially as Eliza changes, depending mm-hmm. on when this mm-hmm. episode would have taken place, if it was 14 or 20, whatever, um, how Eliza, having changed as a person, would have realized, maybe this isn't the best course of action for Bryn, mm-hmm. but maybe still doing it anyway, because it's what Bryn wants. Yeah, no, I really like that idea. Because, yeah, it would kind of connect things. It wouldn't be out of nowhere. But, yeah, I think it would kind of show us how Eliza had progressed. Like, is she going to make Bryn into basically another Eliza? Or is she going to recognize that, like, Bryn has good qualities and she doesn't need to, like, rewrite her personality to impress someone? I like that. Yeah, I would watch that episode. (sighs) Season two would have been so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or even, or even the other half of season one. The other one. half of season one. Yeah. Ah. That was great. Um, I think we should do that with every one of these commentary episodes. Yeah. Do you have anything else we wanted to add? Um, I sure wish we knew what Bryn's friends' names were. <laughs> I feel a little bad that we are referring to them as this like amorphous yeah. um, gathering of women. I don't know if we... Well, I was going to say I don't know if we know their names, but I feel like she does introduce around, and I didn't even bother to write them down, so... Sorry, Bryn's friends. I, I think if I could edit audio, I would just, you know, just go in and just like splice, like like poorly cut up words to make it sound like we knew what their names were. And just like, so that, and it would not be seamless. It would actually be very bad. <laughs> so it'd be like Bryn's friends. And then it'd be like Heather, Lindsay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making these up. Yeah. So Both instead of, of like, right, if I knew what their names were, it would be like, I feel good that Bryn's friends, names I know. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. I'm all about I'm all about retroactively making myself look better yeah. than I really do. Well, that's what I did. I cut out a lot of the times when I said anyways. I said anyways like seventeen times in the last episode. So I was like, I'm just gonna cut that out. It's not necessary. That's I I think that's totally fine. I know that some people who run podcasts, they take out all of the um the fillers, like the ums and the us. And I was just like, that's a lot of work. But I guess it really pans out and makes for like a more seamless listening experience. I think I took out some, like especially if it was a long um, like a thinking um, I'd take that out. But if it's just in talking. Actually, did you see this thing? Did I tell you about this? The Google Assistant? No. So there's this Google Assistant that like they're they're working on this. It's basically like an AI program where you could have Google Assistant make phone calls for you to like make appointments. And it's like totally AI. So you'd be like, uh, Google, make an appointment for my haircut at 1230 on Tuesday. And it will like literally call and be like, I'd like an appointment for um, Tuesday. And they add in the ums to make it seem more like it's a real person. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's, oh my it's goodness. like, look it up. It's crazy because there's a few moments where you're like, mm, this is a robot voice. But most of the time you're just like, I believe this is a person. It's insane. What I don't like is that new Gmail. Um, gives you pre was it answers yeah. like yeah. responses so if someone was like 12 30 how how does that work for you it gives you like three yep. possible um choices like yeah works for me or like sounds great which is yeah. so it's like i can type my own emails yeah but like yeah then i always feel like i overthink it then because if i was about to type yeah, that sounds great. And then that's one of the suggestions. I'm like, well, now I can't say that. I need to think of a more original way to say, yeah, that sounds great. I have a problem of not responding to emails, though. Like, I'll just read them and, like, take them in. 
and then I never write back. So a lot of people in the world are probably annoyed with me. So I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I have emails from like 2014 that I haven't responded to. It's too late now. If, if more than a week has gone by, I'm just like, well, they probably know. Oh, I've responded to emails after years. Hi. That doesn't make you feel creepy? Um, <laughs> it makes me feel good and bad about myself. Do you reply to that actual email or you send a new email saying like, hey, sorry, I never no, got I back No, I respond to, to that exact really? email so they can see the chain. Wow. Like what would even make you go back a year? Well, because because I, I save the emails that I mean to respond to. They're like in a separate little folder? I respond to them. No, at the top of my inbox. So you so just I, look I at them every day. I literally see them every day. And you're like, what? Every day. Multiple times a day. Is that not. what you did when I sent you the recordings like two weeks ago? Yes, and I listened to them today. They're very good. Thank you. So we started this episode talking about the great bonus content that you can get on a DVD. And uh, this is going to be some great bonus content for you, listener, for getting all the way to the end of this podcast. So presumably, if you go to selfevaluation.tumblr.com, you will find content evan right now is uh sounding very unsure of himself because uh, he has not created said content but i i know in his heart that he intends to he's gonna put a bunch of gifs on there so check it out you can follow us on twitter where (laughs) i just like what's on our twitter page uh on our twitter page (laughs) right now on twitter we have basically the links to all of the episodes also (laughs) i followed myself from our twitter account and now it just keeps sending me notifications about things that I tweeted on my personal account. And I'm like, thanks. You don't have to make me super aware that I followed myself. You can follow us at SelfieVailPod and you will see also some content there. By content, we mean links to... <laughs> this episode that you're listening exactly. to right now. <laughs> um, and then I guess there will be other stuff on there too, probably. You also can reach out to us through Twitter. Or you can use that to tell your friends about this wonderful podcast you just listened to. Oh, yeah. That's what that's what Twitter accounts are for. So people can yes. tag you in things. Yes, exactly. And not just me tagging myself in things. Selfievaluationpodcast at gmail.com. If you like this show, by which I mean the podcast, or if you like this show, by which we mean ABC's Selfie, please send us an email and we will read it and then respond to you probably. I've said probably for all of these, this is the <laughs> most probable of the three probablys. Okay, so if you really want to talk to us, email. I just really like getting emails. Anyway, that's it. Come back. As we are progressing through this in a logical manner, we will be doing episode two of Selfie. Come back next Tuesday to hear our recap of the second episode of Selfie called Untag My Heart. And it is going to be very exciting. I feel like I need to like get into the sound effects game. Sound effects. Yeah, like bow, 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 like that kind of thing. Podcasts for the deaf. They're just like articles. I'm gonna have to cut that out, I think.